Hi there, welcome everyone. Just want to check that you can uh, hear me. So those of you who are on screen can give me a thumbs up that the sound is coming through. No. All right. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I can hear that it's crackly. I can hear you back crackly too. Um, let me just change something. Oop. Uh, but the sound is clear now. Yeah, great. Well, we'll, we'll appreciate and uh, enjoy that. And if we have some uh, background noise, we'll... Yeah, we'll just appreciate it as well. So, yeah, wonderful. Thank you for um, all of those here, all of you uh, being patient and helping to um, work out the sound issues, hopefully at least to a a degree that uh, is workable for us at the moment. And uh, really, as always, delighted to be here. in the online Dharma Hall with, with everyone that's here. Uh, do let me know, as always, if there's a, a sound issue that arises. Yeah, I think you're hearing me clearly, but yeah, maybe you might, I don't know if it's loud enough, so you may need to turn up the sound on your end um, if it's not. And uh, yeah, really welcoming all of you. Happy to be here. Um, and inviting all of us uh, just to, to really to arrive, you know, to yeah, take a breath perhaps, feel the body, yeah. invite yourself to arrive as fully as you can to this moment, to being here. And... As you do that, opening also to your intention, Uh, feeling, uh, what's your intention for this time, for this period of practice? What is it that you wish to connect to, to be nourished by, um, or to nourish in yourself, in the world? And if words come for that, if it's possible to articulate our intention in words, then uh, you're really welcome to put them into the chat or to unmute yourself and to speak into the space. Whichever one is more supportive. So what's your intention for this time? What brings you here? Uh, What is it that you'd like to connect to, to nourish, to support in yourself and in the world? Let's see what comes. Hope. meet whatever arises with patience, peace and slowing down, Mm. with patience and love it was, to meet whatever arises with patience and love. Give it a few more moments and see if we have any more intentions that are being articulated into the space. It might be that intention is just uh, internal, it's just a feeling that you have. That's really welcome as well.
take our um, take our sense of intentions, both your own personal intentions or the resonance uh, to meet others and myself. Yeah, there's another one there. To meet others and myself with an open heart. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, so we'll take our intentions, both our personal ones and maybe those that others have shared and resonate uh, with us. We'll take them into our meditation practice together. I'm inviting you to find your posture. If you're already in a meditation posture, then settling into that. If it's helpful to make any adjustments to the posture, then doing that. And settling into the posture. Checking in with the body as you do this. opening to see if there's any fine-tuning, any adjustments that can be made so the body's as supported, as stable and as steady as possible. For this meditation time together. As you do this, feeling the awareness coming more fully into the body, invited more fully into the body. And inviting it even more deeply. Awareness flow down through the body. And bringing the attention to the sensations of contact between the body and the seat. The body and the ground. Just taking some time to collect and gather the awareness and the attention and the sensations of contact. Body and seat. Body and ground, body and that which supports the body. That's our practice. From that groundedness, that rootedness in the contact sensations, opening the awareness through the body, 
Letting it expand and fill up the space of the body. Until you have a sense of the whole body present. An awareness filling up the whole space of the body. Feeling the possibility of grounding, collecting, rooting in the sensations of contact. At the same time, opening the awareness through the whole body. Tuning in to an intention of interest and kindness as you practice. Just feeling that intention, kindness and interest. Then the space of the whole body. If it's possible, inviting a gentle smile to the face, very gentle. Keeping the awareness wide and open as you do this. So awareness-wide intention of kindness and interest, gentle smile. That may feel enough to practice with, to engage with. Just keeping the attention grounded with one or more of these, the groundedness of the sensations, the openness, the spaciousness of awareness wide through the body, intention of kindness, a gentle smile. Any of these can be the object, or maybe a combination of a few of them can be the object of your attention for this practice time.
Let me feel helpful to also include something else that's got more continuity and flow and movement, like the breath or the flow of the sound. If that's helpful, then including that as a primary object. Moving through the space of awareness, met with interest and kindness. And that friendly atmosphere of a gentle smile. So that's going to be our practice meeting the object in attention, receiving it in awareness with kindness and interest. gentle smile welcoming what's unfolding let's explore that for a little while
right now in this moment of experience opening awareness through the whole body and meeting this unfolding moment with interest with kindness What happens when a gentle smile is invited? To the face. To the atmosphere of welcoming. The breath, the sound. The body sensations. Relaxing into this possibility to meet experience with a gentle smile. With interest, with kindness. Appreciating any degree of ease or well-being that's available right now. Simple joy of the breath. the ease through awareness with a smile. Relaxing relaxing into any well-being as light, as mild as it may be. Relaxing into it. Opening to it. Enjoying it. Continuing to practice in this way. Awareness soft and open through the whole body. Intention of interest and kindness. A gentle smile. Meeting, experience moment by moment. And tuning in any degree of ease or of well-being that's available.
right in this moment of experience. Letting awareness open and soften. Tuning in to kindness and interest and intention and attention. Receiving experience with a gentle smile. Appreciating any degree of ease or well-being that's available. The expansiveness of awareness. The warmth of a smile, the softness of the breath, relaxing into it, opening and softening with it, enjoying, appreciating any well-being, any ease. That's available right here and now. Thank <laughs> you.
for the last couple of minutes of the practice softening awareness through the whole body gentle smile attuning to appreciation to any degree for any degree of ease or well-being in this moment over and over again opening to any ease any well-being relaxing into it softening into it letting yourself enjoy it any well-being whatsoever the bell rings in a little while, seeing if we can stay attuned to this appreciation for simple, present, available, well-being and ease, enjoyment. Just when the bell rings and the eyes open or the body is moved. Simple joy of experience being known, experience being moved, being lived. taking your time with the transition no rush and seeing if we can keep that thread of appreciation going and we can keep that thread of appreciation going as we reflect on dana for a few moments together then flow on to the teachings for today. So dana, the practice of participation, of sharing, of giving and receiving, is a great um, place to explore appreciation, just the sense of appreciating offering of this space, appreciating our own presence here. What we give to others by being here, what we receive from others uh, by being here. And as always, there's also the opportunity to um, offer dana towards um, Gaia House yeah, for uh, what they do to make these sessions possible. And also, if you wish to offer dana uh, for the teachings, you know, in this case, uh, to me. So if you wish and are able to do that, I've just put into the chat the link to the Guy House support page and all the information is there uh, on how to uh, express our appreciation in this particular form. Yeah, you can do that in other forms as well, of course. It's not the only way. I'd like to um, offer some reflections today on um, the profound possibilities of simple joy. (laughs) The profound possibilities of simple joy. That's what I, that's what came to me when I was kind of reflecting on what to share. And, um, Something that's always kind of struck me, but for some reason recently is striking me even more, is um, just to what degree we live our lives in extremes. <laughs> yeah. So we tend to live our lives in the extremes, the extremes of um, 
pleasure and pain, the extremes of gain and loss, the extremes of success and failure, the extremes of what's going well and what's not going well. (laughs) And we just naturally, our attention gravitates there. And we actually, if we reflect on our lives, we see that's actually where we live. And we kind of not only... You know, and because they're extremes, it's not only that we spend time here and there. Here, we actually spend quite a lot of time shuttling back and forth. <laughs> Sometimes at quite high speeds, yeah. quite frantic speeds of moving between. Now, things are going well; they're not going well. I like this. I don't like this. Yeah. It's, it's pleasant. It's unpleasant. Yeah. So we both shuttle back and forth, we're also quite fixated on, yeah. as if that is all there is. Yeah. Just the, the high points and the low points, yeah, the peaks and the, the troughs, the low points. Um, and I find it really fascinating. Yeah. I was just reading something today, um, Kind of, uh, I can't even remember where, where where it was from, who the quote was by, but um, yes, my mind's gone blank. I can't remember it now. <laughs> oh, blank mind. How wonderful! Yeah. And it was, um, you know, the, this quote was actually uh, talking about this movement, yeah, that we have of constantly um, moving between the extremes, but also just the way where our minds are constantly um, attack, attaching to stimulation. Yeah? And you may have noticed it in the meditation right now. Yeah, Thought, body sensation, breath, appreciation, smile, thought, body sensation, you know, just kind of boom, boom, boom. And, and so much of that activity yeah, is actually exhausting. Yeah? Just that constant level of activity of jumping yeah, between these things. And, you know, this kind of being pulled to the extremes is another aspect of that. Yeah? Pain, pleasure, success, failure, up, down, good, bad. Yeah? Like it, don't like it. Yeah? It's exhausting. Um, it also kind of causes a lot of overstimulation yeah. to our, sim- our systems. Because that's what we're fixated on. That's what we look for. Uh, and that's where our attention lands and stays, at least for a little while, and then kind of goes off um, somewhere else. And, uh, you know, the teachings, there's a lot of um, reference to this. Um, you know, one place where we really see it is in this very basic building block of our experience, Vedana, which some of you are familiar with. You know, it is a very kind of subtle, unconscious, immediate uh, labeling or categorizing of experience into pleasant, unpleasant, or somewhere in between, (laughs) not particularly pleasant and unpleasant. And often, you know, this is something I teach quite a lot, I I find it really a piece of genius (laughs) on the Buddha's part, you know, really genius to notice this building block of experience and to point to it. Um, And what's interesting is that um, it's much easier for us to kind of um, work with a Vedana uh, of the pleasant and the unpleasant, yeah, or to understand or to see that. Yeah, this is the, the kind of getting pulled into extremes again. We can recognize something is pleasant, something is unpleasant. Yeah, we can recognize also how that pleasant unpleasant then escalates. Yeah, how it becomes, you know, kind of a whole build-up of experience around it. But that whole range of the third Vedana that the Buddha was uh, pointing towards, yeah, which is the neither nor, <laughs> neither particularly pleasant or particularly unpleasant, to grab our attention. Yeah, so it's often called the neutral Vedana. But the way the Buddha describes it, that the actual language is neither pleasant nor unpleasant. Yeah? And of course, 
that's not really very accurate. <laughs> it's not that it's not pleasant or unpleasant. It's not pleasant or unpleasant enough yeah, to grab our attention. Yeah? It's not pleasant or unpleasant enough to grab our attention and to hold our attention. Yeah? And this is really interesting. Does that make sense to people? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's it's important because there's a gateway to something here. Yeah, when we realize, yeah, that's why I don't I don't like using the neutral, which is the kind of how it's been, how it's come to our um, kind of into English, yeah, because that implies that it's it's actually neutral, but it's not neutral. It's it's not pleasant or unpleasant enough to grab attention, yeah. The neutral is an interpretation. Yeah. But the important thing is, it doesn't have enough pleasantness or unpleasant, doesn't have enough extreme in it to grab our attention or hold it. So it stays beneath our radar. Yeah. doesn't exist. One of the Gaia House teachers, uh, Stephen Batchelor, he actually also, <laughs> he says, you know, there is no third Vedana, you know. There is no third Vedana. There's just pleasant and unpleasant. Why? Because either we subtilize our attention and then we find that everything is either pleasant or unpleasant to some degree. Yeah? When, when our attention is more subtle, we can tune into these frequencies. Or we see that if it doesn't have enough in it to grab our attention, it's actually unpleasant. That's his uh, take on it. Yeah? Because these are the places um, when something doesn't exist or it bores us. Yeah, we zone out. Yeah, we're not interested. Yeah, and that very quickly escalates into an unpleasant experience because we don't like to be bored. Yeah, and we we kind of something in us likes those extremes. It's more exciting. Yeah, it's more exciting. And it's interesting. We like it, and of course we don't like it at the same time. It's more exciting, but we actually reflect on why we practice, and it's like we want peace. We want calm. Those are not very excited states, yeah. Exactly, yeah. But they're deeply nourishing when something in us knows that. So we can become interested, you know, from right now in this moment, yeah, we can start to become interested in um first of all just noticing in this moment, you know, where are we on this range of pleasant or unpleasant? Yeah, what's kind of if we just Look at aspects of the experience right now. Yeah. And we notice pleasant, unpleasant. Is there anything that's in between? <laughs> that's not strongly one or the other. Yeah. What happens when we look at that? Yeah, I look for that. Yeah. So I might notice, you know, to say for myself, you know, it's pretty hot in the room that I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Unpleasant. <laughs> yeah. A bit of sweat. Yeah. Definitely unpleasant. <laughs> Yeah, you see that. But all these lovely faces looking at me. Yeah, pleasant. Yeah. I see you smiling when I say that. Ooh, more pleasant. <laughs> and so we can see huh, all these things happening in, in experience, right? And we can tune into that. And kind of one thing that we do with practice is that sensitivity. To just look. Ah, there's more than one thing happening right now. Yeah. I can tune into different things. And I can also... Um, notice the space in between. Yeah, so it's quite easy for me to name the things that are clearly pleasant or unpleasant. You may have noticed I started with the unpleasant. <laughs> Do you see that negativity bias at play? Yeah. So we can kind of it's it's easier to see that. But then what if we open to the space in between the pleasant, yeah, and unpleasant? Yeah, the the, the things that don't grab the attention. Can I notice those? And I'm inviting you to do that as well as I'm speaking, as I'm talking us through it. Yeah. You know, can I bring attention to sensations in the body that aren't calling out to my attention, that aren't grabbing it? Yeah. Maybe, um, you know, the, the inside of the elbow. Yeah. Can we feel the sensations in the elbow? Can I feel sensations in the shin? Yeah. Bottom part of my leg. Yeah. 
What happens if I bring attention to the earlobe? <laughs> so some of them, we might actually, they might really, like, there may not be access to the sensations at all, yeah, at this point. But some of them we will. Oh, there's actually sensation there. I can actually feel this. Yeah? Or the, the kind of just the sensation of the air on the skin. That's another one. If you're not working with the body particularly, you know, you might do the same with sound or with, with sight. Yeah? Some of the other senses. You know, so I might be looking at the screen um, because you know, I'm focused on, on, on the human beings there. Uh, but what if I just kind of open out the awareness and I take in the space around the screen? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. The space between things. Yeah. yeah, with sounds, the same thing. Maybe sounds in the environment, and I can hear the, the fans of my computer going. That's pretty neutral. <laughs> it's not pleasant or unpleasant, just a background sound. I can hear the space between sounds. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, sounds arises, but it's happening in a space. So we can become interested to see what happens when we bring attention yeah, to that which does not normally grab our attention. Yeah? And we can do that in our formal practice, and we can do that in informal practice. Yeah? As we go um, through the kind of daily motions of doing things. Yeah. can bring attention to what typically does not grab our attention. Yeah. And we can bring interest. Yeah. We bring interest uh, to that. And, you know, we're doing that without a sense of pressure. It's not like, oh, I have to feel the elbow. I've got to crack that, you know. got to know what it feels like. But actually, oh, what is it right now? What stimulation, what's happening in my experience right now that isn't grabbing my attention but that I can bring attention to? Gentle interest there. And we may find that we can tune into that, we can feel that sensation or we can hear that sound or we can tune into that space around things. Ever since I said that about the the screen, I'm really aware of the kind of grey frame around the monitor that I'm looking at. It's it's amazing, this mind. (laughs) It's just like I kind of pointed my attention to it once and now I'm really aware of that grey frame around the monitor, around the... So we may notice it, and sometimes it's like, ah, the attention just loves it. It loves that gray frame for whatever reason. I'm not even going to try and understand my mind in this respect, why, why it likes it. At other times, it may be tricky to keep the attention you know, with that sensation or with that sound, with that stimulation that is not particularly pleasant or unpleasant, not particularly perceived um, or labeled as interesting. Yeah, but it might be just for a moment, and then we go back to the habit. Just for a moment, and then we go back to the habit of attention. Yeah. But we keep doing it. Yeah. Keep doing it. And, you know, you might be wondering, why? <laughs> what are you going on about? Why is she telling us to pay attention to the neutral? You know, it's uneventful. This is what I call the, the neutral Vedana, Vedana, the uneventful. It's uneventful for a reason. Because it's not... Interesting. <laughs> Why is she telling me to pay attention to it? You know, the mind doesn't want to go there. Yeah. And yet, I'm going to invite you to pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. If you wish, of course, it's completely your own choice. Yeah. And to notice the possibilities that open up. Yeah. So one interesting thing is, is that the uneventful, and I touched on it before, often... Yeah, it's quite calm, yeah? The uneventfulness, that not particularly pleasant or unpleasant, it's actually quite calm, quite peaceful, yeah? We label it as not interesting, yeah? But actually, when we are interested, we might see, actually, you know, this grey frame, <laughs> quite relaxing yeah, to the eyes, yeah? 
in comparison to the actual screen. Might notice that. It has possibilities, yeah, for peacefulness and for ease. Yeah, and it can be a gateway to peacefulness and ease. Yeah. Both, you know, in our own body experience, yeah, and the own the experience through our own senses, the body, the, the hearing, the seeing, etc. Um, and in the world. And when we train to notice it, yeah, you know, we open up interestingly enough to more joy to more appreciation more joy and more appreciation so I'm going to repeat this because it's important the habit of seeing that which is not particularly pleasant or unpleasant the habit is to see it as uninteresting when we see it as uninteresting it becomes to a degree unpleasant yeah and that's why, you know, find ourselves reluctant to bring attention there and to sustain it. When we train the mind to bring interest to that which is not habitually labeled, seen, categorized as interesting, the whole range of our experience opens up that was not accessible before. Because we were labeling it, we were seeing it as uninteresting. Yeah, zone out of it. Yeah. And so we can see calm in these uneventful uh, areas. And when we bring interest to them, uh, we also find joy, we find beauty. Yeah. And more and more aspects of our experience. And this is really interesting. Yeah. Really interesting. So, you know, we might ask ourselves, you know, how often do we look, uh, say, at the sky? How often do we look at the space in which things exist and appear to us? How often do we notice the silence in which sounds appear and arise? But when we do, and we bring interest to that, We find calm, we find ease, and we may find beauty and appreciation and gratitude in simple things. The sky, the movement of a tree in the wind, the warmth of a cup of tea, really simple things. I know for myself... These were available to me today, yeah, countless times, yeah, countless times. And yet typically I don't notice them because they're not an extreme, yeah. They're not a kind of sunset sky, yeah, it's just a sky. (laughs) It's not a, you know, huge storm, it's just the wind moving through a tree. It's not the most beautiful tree in the world, it's just an ordinary tree. Yeah, whatever it is, yeah. So, are we? Can you start to get the sense of what opens up here? Yeah, we bring our attention, we bring our interest, and it's like the world comes alive to us. Yeah, warmth of a cup of tea, a degree of ease in the body. I just arrived at my mother's um, house this week. Yeah, and she lives on the tenth floor. And uh, since I was last here, I've managed to get very unfit. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, I don't walk up the stairs. I just walk down the stairs. I take the lift up, but I walk walk down the 10 flights. And, you know, after three days of doing it, my my leg muscles are really, yeah, painful. Really painful. So you see how unfit I am. It's really embarrassing. Yeah. And, um, you know, yesterday I took a day off. They got so painful. I was like, okay, I'm going to take a day off of walking down the stairs. <laughs> and today they're less painful. And so just noticing that relative ease, yeah, of walking down the stairs and not looking really funny, you know, because you've got to walk down really funny because the legs are really painful. <laughs> and just that little bit of ease in the body. Yeah. 
that becomes available. The pleasure um, of attentiveness itself. Remember hearing um, Analaya Bhikkhu, one of the uh, kind of great translators of our times. uh, He translates the Buddhist texts from Chinese. You know, saying, in the actual paying of attention, giving of our attention, there is a pleasure. There is some well-being just in the giving of attention, but we don't notice it because we don't look for it. We don't look for it. So we're training ourselves to notice, to notice more. And this kind of realm where most of our experience is, not in the extremes, most of our experience is in between the extremes. It opens up. Opens up. And we start to see beauty and we start to see um, ease and we start to feel more well-being because our perspectives open our possibilities open and we're actually training the mind in the long term to have more capacity to choose where we place attention what to give our attention to to choose that intentionality Sometimes, you know, I think it's a great definition for freedom <laughs> is that choice. Yeah. To not have a choice where our attention goes yeah. and to have a choice. Yeah. It's an interesting definition of freedom. Have that capacity, where to place attention, what to give my attention to. And as we do that, yeah, so much resourcing becomes available. Yeah, so much resourcing becomes available. Yeah. Yesterday, I, I went to see my brother, for example, as is coming to mind. He, you know, I think he, he features in some of my talks. He's one of my favorite people in the world. Yeah? Love him. Absolutely. Super busy. <laughs> Super busy. Bodhisattva. Doctor. That works really, really hard. So every time I'm in Israel, we have one, usually one kind of chunk of time that we spend together, a few hours. Very precious. I went to see him, and he was on call. Usually, when he's on call, it's Friday, it's the Israeli weekend, he's on call, usually it's a half day. He leaves the hospital, one or two. And, you know, so we planned I would come at two, and um, we would have the afternoon together. And then, didn't go to plan. <laughs> I arrived, an hour's drive, and I arrived, and he's like, I'm still in the hospital. Yeah. Still in the hospital, this emergency case has come in, and our father's got a fever. I've got to go see him. <laughs> so like all of that. And it's like, what do I give my attention to right now? Yeah. Here's, here's the fruit of the practice. Yeah. Do I go with disappointment? Yeah, or do I go with the possibility to support my brother and what he's doing? Yeah, and to make the most of it. Yeah, so I was his driver for the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, and I picked him up from the hospital, and then we went to see my dad. And he took care of my dad. Uh, advantage of having a son who's a doctor who works in a hospital and can bring an IV with antibiotics to give it to you at home. It's a great advantage when you're ninety. Um, and we spent time with my dad, and then, you know, we went back to my brother's place, and he got called to the hospital again. <laughs> I was his driver, yeah. and we made use of the moments we had. Yeah. So driving back and forth, yeah. and you know, coming to my back here to my mum's much later than we were planning to, yeah, for family dinner. But not letting yeah, that habit of the attention yeah, to go to the disappointment yeah, and the negativity, but staying. Yeah. What's possible right now? Yeah. And can I appreciate yeah, what's available? That's such a resource. Yeah. Such a resource. And can I appreciate what he does yeah, for other people? Yeah. What he does for other people, he had to go back to the hospital because the doctor on duty wouldn't do a procedure that my brother, who's the more senior doctor, thought needs to happen. 
And he said to me, he's really beautiful, I told you, he's a bodhisattva. I'm going to stop talking about him now. But he said, I'm not going to use authority to make him do something that is against his sense of the right thing to do. Yeah? I'm not going to use my authority. Yeah? I'm just going to go and do it myself. Yeah? So he went back to do that. And so appreciating that, yeah, seeing that. And so I hope that we're making the connection, yeah, because this is, this is where freedom becomes available to us and having the choice of where to place our attention yeah, and how to sustain it with that. And things don't go our way. We could go into the extremes yeah, of disappointment, of unpleasantness, of I wish it wasn't like this. Yeah, and why did we choose this day? <laughs> when he's uncool instead of a different one. You yeah. can go all down that route, the good old negativity bias. Yeah. But we don't. Yeah. Because we've developed the training. Yeah. We've developed a mind that's more flexible and more pliable. Yeah. Where we can bring intentionality. And we have more inner well being. Yeah. That kind of can spill out and impact um, and impact others. Yeah. and spill out and impact others um, as well. Yeah. So I think that's what I wanted to share today. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.